Thank you for joining us on our LWCC podcast. Right now, you're going to hear a message from our senior pastor and founder of Living Word, Pastor Ruben Reyna. Let's jump into our word. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. It's good to be among the living. You get tired of being among the dead people. Hallelujah. But all is well. All is well. Well, it's a joy to be with you tonight, and I'm going to preach a message. It's, it's time to cry. It's time to cry. And uh, it's important that you and I understand that God is on the move and that God is doing great things. But sometimes we forget that God is moving in our lives and that he wants to become very personal. And sometimes we feel like God is nowhere to be found sometimes in our lives because it gets pretty tough. But God does want to get involved with you. See, so we're going to look at Psalms 34. We'll start there. 34 verse 6. And this is David. David was a rich man. Very rich. But he said this word, this man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. So he was a rich man, but in his soul, he needed to be lifted up. And sometimes we need to be lifted up. Sometimes you just got to get crazy and ask God for what you need. Sometimes you just got to say, you know what, I got to speak in tongues and find what God has for me. Because sometimes you could get lonely while you walk around. You could get a little crazy mentally. And you could, you could go down really low into the valley and put yourself down when God all the time picks you up. You need to pick yourself up like you pick up a little cat. He'll pick you up the minute you start talking. See, there's a lot of people that think that God just can't get involved. And they'll say it very quietly. They don't, they're not too loud, but they just speak it very quietly. I just can't get rid of this anger. This anger is killing me. This anger takes a hold of me, and nobody sees it, only my husband and my kids, when that anger comes up. And they're suffering. They think that God can't get involved. Some other people just are plain jealous. You know, they're jealous. I've seen a lot of jealous husbands. I was one of them. I used to tell Stella, don't look to the left or right, just look at me, sister. <laughs> <clears throat> that was before I got saved. I had that jealousy that just, I, you know, I wanted to fight with everybody. And just because I was so jealous, 
because I didn't think that God could get involved in my life. Then, so many people take so many drugs. You don't have to be out in the street. You could be a Christian and be a drug addict for prescription pills. Well, it's getting holy in this place. But you feel like you can't let them go and you suffer mentally and nobody knows a single thing but you're suffering inside. Then other people are just plain lonely. Very, very lonely. I've seen a lot of people get really lonely. And when I see that, I like to grab them and just, come on, let's go, let's do something. Because that loneliness can kill you. And, but I always understand that as you're suffering silently, God is listening. You might not be praying, but God is listening to your pain. God knows exactly what you need and what he wants to do in your life. Because people do suffer. And I want to say to you that God is going to get involved in your life. No matter what you're going through, he will stop everything just to cater to your life. He'll always, he'll always stop. That's why David could cry. It says this poor man cried. And the Lord lifted him up out of all of his trouble. I believe his trouble was inside of him. His trouble was inside of him. And that trouble, God, when he cried, when he literally cried, he gave everything up in that cry. He cried. How many of you here have ever cried and you're honest with God and all of a sudden you feel this thing being lifted from your life and you feel delivered that God really touched you? See, God knows all of our problems. Every single one of them, God knows them. And God loves to get involved with needy people. That's why we're all the time calling out to God and ladies are calling out to God because there's always needs that come our way. As we're growing in the Lord, then we start confessing the things that surface up into our minds and into our spirits and we start giving them to God and that becomes something that you start growing and you start knowing who God really is and God starts picking on you and picking out all those little things that perhaps you're going through. I remember the story of uh, John Wesley. He was a famous preacher and he, he preached all over England and this man, when he stood in the street preaching about sin and about repentance, they didn't want to hear it. They just didn't want to hear it. They were furious against him. And he would stop, stop, start speaking again. And one day they got so angry that the mob came on him and started beating him up, literally, and kicking him and dragging him all the way to the mayor's house. And, and when they got him there, the mayor came out and the people started saying, you know, let's kill this guy because he's got a message that we just don't like. It's heresy towards us. So the mob was launching a great assault against this Methodist preacher. But while he was down on the ground, the book says that Wesley prayed, prayed as he's there in pain. And as he was praying, this big, huge man was about six-something, muscular. He looked like one of our worship team. <clears throat> and he stepped in, and he got rid of the crowd, and he looked at him. He says, sir, my life will be spent in your service. Follow me 
to safety. God will provide somebody for whatever need you might have. So the Lord, the Lord is good. Now, listen to me. Sometimes we make mistakes that are so wrong that even God gets involved with those mistakes and makes you into a bitter person. When you think about Sodom and Gomorrah, the city was filled with perversion. God had his hand on Lot, his wife, and his two kids. I'm not saying they were praying while they were in that city. I, I, uh, the Bible says that they were vexed in spirit. Heavily vexed. That means that they were carrying that, that anointing, that false anointing, that ugly anointing of the enemy. And they were vexed in their lives. But God cared for him. And the scripture literally says that he cared so much that he sent his angels there. He hastened his angels. I want you to go get them out of that city. They're my children. And I am giving orders to the angel, to the angels to go and get them. I want to say to you that God loves you more than you love yourself. And the other thing is, is that he's listening to you even when you say words within your own soul. When nobody's listening. How many here have ever said things in your soul and nobody could hear anything? But the Lord has his ear right there. Listening to everything that's going on in your life. You could be sick. You could be going through crazy stuff. And you're praying inside. God is listening. Hearing your pain more than what you think. Because he cares for you. He cares for you. You know the story in the book of Genesis. when Genesis 15. And uh, it's, it's a crazy little story. That the angels went there. They went there. They showed up. And they wanted those angels. They knocked on the door and they said, we want those two angels that went, in, that went into your house. And you got to, the, the scripture says that all of these people surrounded the house, both young and old, they surrounded all the house. We want the daughters that you have. We, I mean, we want the angels that you have. And, and Lot said, no. He walked out, he says, you can, you, can have, you can have my daughters, I'll give you my daughters, but I can't give you those two men. And the Bible says that the angels were there just watching and they were trying to really get into the house. And the Bible says he, the angels blinded them that they couldn't even find the door handle of the house. Why? Because angels are powerful. They're powerful. You, you have angels around you, whether you believe it or not. You have angels around you that, that really protect you. And the minute you open up your mind, your mouth, they're right there because they're listening to you. They're not only listening to God, they're listening to your voices also. So you've got to understand that this is a heavy, heavy, heavy thing. Listen to verse 15 of chapter 19. And when the morning arose and the angels hastened, Lot saying, Rise, take up thy wife and the two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, listen to this, while he lingered, he's still lingering there. 
The man laid hold upon his hand, and upon his hand of his wife, and upon the hands of his two children, two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him, they brought him forth and set him without the city, outside of the city. So how I stop and think of that, that those men were so perverted that just wanted the angels. And the angels just blinded them. The next morning, he says, we're going to go. And, and even this guy was so vexed that he hastened. He didn't want to go. And the angel says, no, no, grab his hand. Grab your wife's hand. Two angels. And grab the daughters. And let's go. That's how much power God has. And he's going to keep you. I don't care what you're going through. Because he's going to keep you. When you think about Daniel, Daniel was, <clears throat> personally, he, he was a man that prayed three times a day. He was sensitive. He was always living for God. And he was in the middle of people that didn't like Christianity because they didn't want him to pray. So they decided one day that they were going to put him with the lion's den. Listen, they had men of power, men that were well-doctrinated, men that thought positive. I wonder if they looked over at Daniel and said, man, come on, say some positive words. And probably Daniel just looked at them like, I ain't got nothing to say because I got somebody bigger than positive words. I got something that better than a positive mind. I have a God that is real and that wants to show up when I am in trouble. The Bible says that there, Daniel, when the king came out, Daniel said, my, my God has sent his angels and has shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me. In other words, man, these are heavy angels. They grabbed the lions and just shut them up. And they're not no little pussycats. They were huge. These lions, man, when they roar, they roar. I was up in the zoo one day, man, I'm walking, and then all of a sudden this lion roared, and everybody froze. We all froze. Said, Where's that sound coming from? And we asked, he says, it's over there. The lions, the lions are over there. And then he roared again, and when we got there, he roared again. I go, wow. Just the roar would have scared me. Come on. But to be in the middle of the lion's den, and to have a testimony. The angel came last night and just got them and just shut their mouths. And here I am wrapped around with a lion. Nice blanket. And I'm alive because God sent his angels. Let me tell you something. God is protecting you. Even when you go astray, he's still protecting you. You might act like a fool, but he's still protecting you. You might be running like a fool, and he's still protecting you. And you might think you're going to give up, but God said, you ain't going to give up. You are not going away from me because I paid with my precious blood. So God knows what he's doing. Look at Peter. The Bible says they put Peter in jail and that the saints started praying. Peter didn't give up in jail. He was praying too. He knew when prayer time was coming. Just like we know when the church is praying. We know. He knew that they, they were praying. 
And the scripture says that he didn't even know. He is sleeping. He thought he was having a dream and an angel appeared. And got him and said, get up. We're going to walk out of this jail. And he, he was half asleep. And when he walked through the door, it was like going into the market. You just stepped in and then phew, opened up. When he got to the same gates, they just opened up. Why? Because the, the angel has power not, over, not only over the lions, not over the, the people that are living deceivedly. He got, he's got power over anything. Any door, any door, he has power. Hang on with your clapping. Any power that he wants to open, he will open. And listen to what it says in the book of Acts 5.19. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth. Hallelujah. Both of them came out. So can you imagine he's standing there, he goes back to the prayer meeting, knocks on the door, and they said, it's Peter's angel. They couldn't even believe their own prayers. God works in a supernatural way. And you got to learn to get involved with him as he gets involved with you. The, when you think of how many times you thought you were going to slip and he picked you up and he kept you on the right place and you almost made the biggest mistake in your entire life and God picked you up and put, it, put you back on the pathway and just brought you in so that God could take care of you. That's how much that he loves you. He loves you. So, man, I feel like hugging myself right now. When I know that my angels are protecting me, it doesn't matter what I go through. It doesn't matter what kind of fire I go through. I know that his angels are there harving over me, coming over me. This is the kind of help that we have available for all of us. Not only for the pastors, not only for those that preach, for every one of you, because you're the apple of his eye. The apple of his eye. So number one, what we need to do is we have to learn how to cry. Cry. We got to be chiones. Spiritually, we need to learn how to cry. The psalmist says in 34 verse 6, David said, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. See, God has his eye on us. No matter what type of problem we go through, if we wait and we cry out to God, God will see us through. Amen. But we have to learn how to cry. Amen. To raise our voices, to pray, to intercede, and to have favor with God. Yes. Sometimes we need to scream. Come on, scream. Come on. How many here have ever been so desperate you feel like screaming? How many have ever screamed? Like, help me! Yes. Philip was younger. How old were you? 20? 18. They were good. We would, Philip would have just came out of prison. Yeah, no, but they were going to send you to prison for 25 years. Let's not act holy now. <laughs> God knew his heart. I sent somebody over there to go get him, and they gave him a favor. They gave him a favor. They gave Pastor Richard a favor to take him. They took him out. He was like a little boy. 
18? Man, that's a long time ago. <laughs> Lord has power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. We both look good. This is a complimenting show now. Sometimes you just got to cry. Were you crying out to God? Sure. Because when you're put to the pressure, you start crying. How many here have ever prayed and you didn't even know God, but you prayed? I remember God busted with some weed. And during those times, they put me in the county jail. And those rooms were pink in those days. And they used pink to calm you down. But I wasn't calmed down. I had a can of weed on me. I don't know how I got into that. Uh, and I said, God, help me flush this down the minute I get to a restroom. Amen. And man, thank God for those restrooms. Yes, <laughs> because at that time, weed, they busted you. They got rid of you. Yeah. Yeah, I did like weed, yeah. You have to turn yourself like a little child. You got to become a baby again. Here's the way you think as an adult. I'm too, I'm too adult to cry. And when you were a little boy, you cried a lot. You cried when you wanted to change your diaper. You cried when you needed a bottle. You cried when they spanked you. You cried when you put your little finger in the door. You cried. So why not forget being an adult? And be an adult and show your real face and cry out to God, I need help. I need help. Because the Lord always answers when you call. Especially when he sees you desperate. Man, I'll do anything. How many have ever said those words? I'll do anything, anything, if you just see me through this one. Some of you said that, and God's seen you through it. Because he always answers. Listen to the book of Isaiah 58 verse 9. Thou shalt call and the Lord shall answer. And thou shalt cry. And he shall say here am I. Here am I. I'm right here. So you might be going through a severe attack in your body. And you might think the worst. I was drinking like five sodas a day. And all of a sudden, my daughter, my daughter used to tell me, she said, no, don't drink so many sodas. And last week, man, I had a, like, a, like a, a bruise inside of me, and it was burning. And then uh, I talked to the older lady. She said, no, 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 stop drinking those sodas and, and just get some lemon and get some cram juice for a day and then get some lemon and just drink it. And then she says, and then you can find La, la Cola del Caballo. It's a tea. The horse, the tail of a horse. And <laughs> it's a T, it's not the tail, okay? <laughs> and and I, I, you know, I didn't do that, but lemon and water and prayer. But I was crying out to God because it's painful to be under some kind of a severe sickness. It ain't no joke, you know, because your mind tells you, you're going to be in the hospital, in the bed, laying with all those IVs, and then the final blow, you're going to die. No, I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. I ain't going to no bed. 
Ain't going no bed. No, 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 no. God is going to come and answer my prayer and heal me and deliver me. Look at Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat's on his chariot. He was surrounded by Syrian army. And the soldiers were about to move in and to kill him. Even though Jehoshaphat was not in the will of God, when he cried out desperately, God heard him. He, wasn't, he was backslidden. Listen to 2 Chronicles chapter 18, verse 31. So when they saw King Jehoshaphat, they all thought that he was the king of Israel. And they turned and attacked him. But Jehoshaphat gave a shout, and the Lord God rescued and turned the attack away from him. Listen to me. As they're attacking, the Lord heard his cry and turned them right around. You need to cry out to God and say, confuse my enemies. Confuse my enemies. Confuse my enemies. Well, I have an investigation going. Well, I got this thing investigated. Confuse my enemies. We got to learn how to cry that way. Confuse my enemies. That way they don't even come close to you. And that's what Jehoshaphat, even out of God's will, he was able to cry out. Look at Moses. He always faced the camp. He pastored some people that were straight out slaves. And God delivered them out of Egypt. They were slaves, physically and spiritually. And they're out in the wilderness, but they were always complaining. And the Bible says that Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. Why does it say that? Because he put up with crazy people. He was the only reference that they had of God while he was walking on the earth. He was imparting everything that God was. Because he was the reference point of that party. And you know, when you come out of the world, you're crazy. I've seen some crazy people. Crazy cycles with their eyes open. Watch out. He looks like a planet, man. Something that got off of a UFO. And you, and you look at him and you think, God, that guy will never make it. Oh, yes, he will. Yes, he will. We are the representatives of God on the earth. On the earth. And every time I see a cycle like that, oh, I said, Jesus, save him. If you saved one a long time ago, save another one. But if you see a brokenhearted, save that person. If you see a person that's tearing up his marriage, get his marriage back together. We serve a God of the impossibility. We serve a God that is able to heal you and able to deliver you and bring a new presence into your life because he does want to get involved. So why do you think that these people cried to Moses? That was the only reference point they had of God. The man of God. And when they cried, one time they cried because the waters were poisoned. And they come crying. And that place was called Myra. Mera, I'm sorry, Mera. And it meant bitter waters. Bitter waters. And some of us sometimes come with bitter waters. Your water is bitter. You're more water than anything else. Your water is bitter. But Moses says, don't worry, I'm going, I'm going to seek God. 
And God says, you see that tree? Just get that piece of tree and put it in the water and the water will become sweet. Let me tell you, that cross, the wood, the wood of the cross, the representation of God dying for you, he will make you sweet again. He will make you sweet again. God wants to make you sweet. Philip doesn't, Philip smiles a lot and dances a lot. And everybody tells me, is he really saved? Yeah, he really is. If you would have seen him before, you would think differently. And I, I could say the same thing about you guys, the rest of you guys. You know, even, even if you're so righteous, so good at two shoes, you're the worst. Because you're, you're filled with arrogance and pride. You think you're bad, but you're nothing. But God will heal your bad waters. Come on, somebody. Yeah. See, the, the Lord is a Lord of miracles. He wants to do miracles in you. You got to let him do the miracle. If you're patient, he will accomplish it. One thing I found out that he, if I'm patient, he's ahead of me. If I rush, I mess up everything. I have to learn how to put the brakes. That way the car has brakes. Now I got brakes. I got to put my brake on. Got to put my, you're moving too fast. Let me do it my way. Get out of the way, way, and let me do it my way. Because my way is better than your way. And if you put on the brakes, he will bless you. He will intervene because he knows that you're going to cry out to him and that you're patient enough to wait for that healing. Wait for that healing. So God is real. Can you say amen? amen? Really real. Throughout the Bible, there are people that went through a lot. I remember my friend Sam. He had cancer. And he had bad cancer. God didn't heal him. But made him ready to meet him. I remember once I walked into the hospital, me and his wife, and we were looking for him. He was no longer in bed. I said, where is this guy? Maybe he died. And I asked the nurse, where is he? He said, we don't know. We just don't know where he's at. And then I hear a voice coming in as I'm walking out. I hear a voice real loud, Larry Reed. Hey, Ruben! And he had a wheelchair. He took him out for menudo. And I looked at Larry, he said, Larry says, I took him out because he wanted menudo. And, 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 and he, poor Sam, he goes. And, and then he told me, take me back to my bed. I, know, I told Larry, you are crazy. I know, but I'm not going to see my friend. He wanted to taste menudo. So I took him for a menudo right through the back door. So please don't do that because they might throw you in jail now. <clears throat> so we need to learn how to cry. You know, when you get caught doing wrong, what happens? You cry. Why do you cry? Because you've been busted of something that you were hiding. Why don't you cry to God now and let him protect you? And he will protect you until you come out of your craziness. 
I know that sounds like false doctrine, but I don't care. Amen. He will protect you. Yes, he, will. he will protect you. Yes. So remember the 11th commandment. Thou shalt not be stupid and forget about God. Amen. Even in your wrong. Amen. Even in your wrong. Now, I'm not telling you to go do wrong, but things happen to you. And you get into traps. Don't forget you still have a God to help you. Because you don't belong to the world no more. You belong to God. Whether you like it or not, you belong to God. And God might have to spank you a little bit, but he'll get your attention so that you can come back to him. But he doesn't leave you like man leaves you. So learn how to cry to God. And I'm talking about a spiritual cry. Not just a cry to cry. Because some of you can cry with crocodile tears. You're a crier. You know how to shed tears. But I'm talking about a spiritual cry that will touch the heart of God and help you. That's what I'm talking about. Then you got to learn how to trust him. Because some of us don't know how to trust them. We think we do, but when the pressure is down, all of a sudden we begin to doubt. How many here have ever felt pressure and you start doubting? I don't think that God's going to supply my need. I don't think that God is going to come through. I don't think my, my kids are going to make it. And all these doubts, listen, you're under attack. You better get down to some serious business and start trusting God and ask the, ask the Lord to confuse the enemy that is hitting you. And bring you back and align you to faith. Look at Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. He said, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. I'm going to throw you in. He says, go ahead, make my day. We'll go into the fiery furnace. And the Bible says that as they threw him, Daniel chapter 3, verse 28, bless the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has set his angels and delivered the servants that trusted in him. Learn how to trust him. Seven or eleven or snake eyes. I'm trusting him because he's in charge of my life and he's going to do what's right for me. So many times we trusted the Lord to get this building. In the middle of terrible circumstances. In the middle of calamity. In the middle of fear and, and seeing people sick and seeing people die. We still trusted in our God. God said he's going to do it, so he's going to do it, and we're going to move on. And we're moving on because we trusted God. It's just like having a good wife. You trust her. You trust her. Why? Because you trust God, and you trust her. The minute you put your trust in her and in God, this trust comes in so thick that you trust your wife. Because you say... Hang on. Because you're saying God is keeping her, keeping her in his palms. And he's trusting. You're trusting her. Stella, I trusted her, man. She was amazing. I trusted her. But she was a hot lady. She was a good-looking lady. I, I, before, before I got saved, I had a lot of fights over her. We, we had more fights than ever. Why? Because she was a good-looking lady. Good-looking lady. She had a fine body. She had a personality. She got those green eyes. She had the, the curly hair. She, 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 everything about her smooth talking was like, hey. 
Now, I'm just being, you know, honest. But out of that came jealousy, and I had to give her to God. I said, I'm not going to put my eyes on her. I have to put them on God and change me so I could become a better man for her. So I don't know why I said that, but put it into your spirit. You might have a problem. See, God's word is so clear towards us. He'll get involved with us. Psalms 34, verse 32, it says, The Lord will save his people. Those who go to him for protection will be spared. Will be spared. What a word. Those that go for the Lord, you will be spared. Of all the stuff that is going to go on when you feel like the pressure is just hitting you, hitting you, and, you, and squeezing you, and squeezing you, and squeezing you, and squeezing you, and you go to God, and all of a sudden the Lord comes in the middle, <laughs> breaks it, break it, breaks it. The other thing is that you have to learn how to be broken. Learn how to be broken in your heart, contrite, contrite in your heart, because He comes to deliver you. I never knew what contract meant. But it means when your heart is squashed and turned into powder. Where you have no more hope. No more hope and your heart is just crushed like powder. And you come to God with that contrite heart and God begins to heal your heart. Listen to Psalms 34, verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and say such as be of a contrite spirit. Contrite when you're, you can't take it no more. Just can't take it and those tears start coming out. You can't take it no more. There's nothing you can do but just come to God and say, man, my heart is just pure powder. I'm coming to you. And I'm so sorry for whatever I did towards you. But I'm facing, my, I'm looking at my weakness. My weakness. Sometimes we have to learn to lean on God when we're the weakest. When Stella passed away, I was broken. Broken, 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 broken. Didn't allow anybody to see me. I wept it and wept it. I said, God, you called most of us. You're taking her home. I love you. But my heart is broken, broken. And there ain't nobody that can fix it. I have to give you every single thing because I want to make it. You didn't save me just to save me. You saved me to accomplish something. And my heart was broken. And God started healing my heart. Healing my heart. Because it was impossible for me to drive without crying. It was impossible for me to go to bed without crying. It was impossible for me to see a picture of her without crying. It was impossible to feel something that somebody did and I would think of her. Everything was triggered. Everything. My whole life was triggered and my heart was like powder. Smashed. But thank God that he has a way of putting everything back together where it belongs. Psalms 51 verse 17. The sacrifices of God are of a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, thou will not despise. 
Isaiah 66 verse 2, but to the, this man will I look, even to him that is poor and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Broken, being a broken soul. Where you said, I'm not going to quit, quit. I'm just going to move on. Listen to the scripture in Psalms. I'm almost done to more scriptures. 126 verse 7, the book of Psalms. He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoices, bringing in his sheaves with him. Psalms 34 verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Come on. God gets involved. Just open up. Don't start fighting him. Don't start getting religious on him. Just open up and say, you know what? I just can't do it. I can't go any further. The doctor said this. The doctor said that. Or people said that. Or people said that. I'm coming to you with a crushed heart. But I'm lifting up my hands and say, you're the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you have something for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So tonight, you got to learn how to cry. You got to learn how to trust. And you got to be broken before God. Broken. Why don't you stand with me? And as I'm playing very softly, I want you just to close your eyes because I want to pray for you. Just close your eyes right there where you're at. Lift up your hands if you want to, but I'm still just going to pray for you. Close your eyes. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit. We are grateful as a church and as a people. But sometimes, Lord, things get in the way. And sometimes we get blinded. Sometimes we go by feelings. We go by our own intellect. But tonight, we want to focus back on you. I want to have my heart contrite right before you. I'm, I want to just humble myself before you. I don't care who's looking. All I want is you. That's all I want. I want you. I feel there are many you're listening and God spoke to me about you.